What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Uh, another episode of Hold My Bread. I'm here, as always, with Joel Lukowski. Joel! Hello, breadheads. Gather round and join the gluten gang. It is time to carbo load. I am Joel Wachowski. Welcome to Hold My Bread, the $1,517.71 podcast. I know we're up, but I made some investments. We'll talk about them later. In the meantime, shit is hitting the fan today. We're recording Thursday. Thursday afternoon, Dow Jones down nearly 1,500 points. And I got to say, this might be good news. Why do you say that? Because everything was falsely inflated. You know, we had the NASDAQ, which is comprised primarily of a lot of tech stocks, a lot of big companies. The NASDAQ recorded an all-time high yesterday. And maybe I'm wrong, but I believe that if companies are going to be shut down from normal business for three months, that we're seeing venerated brands declare bankruptcy, that there should probably be some ramifications on the market. If I see no effect on what the, how much my portfolio is worth, I have to concede that something is rotten in the state of our market. Yeah, it is really strange because all... I mean, obviously, we took this past week off, but the week before that... Uh, we talked about almost exclusively about all these companies filing for bankruptcy and um, what that looked like. And, you know, you would expect that to really affect the market negatively. And it's, it's insane. The numbers I've been opening my uh, account and looking at every morning and I'm just blown away by all the green. Yeah. And like Donald Trump and his administration, they're trotting out some pretty flimsy unemployment numbers. Oh, people are going back to their jobs off of furloughs, being counted as new employment. So today, we all know the stock market is a measure of investors' feelings rather than corporate growth. Matt, I know you own some Tesla stock, so no one understands that more than you. Right. But like this, if the stock market is a measure of investors' feelings, this doesn't seem right because no one is feeling good. It is crazy. I mean, the state of things uh, lately as far as, you know, just the quarantine and everything that's going on, um, by the measure of things, it should not be, it doesn't reflect, the stock market is not reflecting what is currently happening everywhere. It's so strange. And we've seen widespread tumult throughout our country from shore to shore in all 50 states, resulting from the barbaric murder of George Floyd, and we know, historically speaking, that war is actually good for the nation's economy. Back in World War II, women became the workforce. They produced. Back after September 11th, we declared an endless oil war. That's lined many of pocketbooks. And this is no exception. War is always profitable. It's always good for Wall Street. Because when people are stirred by a cause, they'll just open their pocketbooks and spend. And I'm glad this kind of fell off today because it seemed like the American stock market was benefiting from a war within the American people. Honestly, I didn't even think about it like that, but you're absolutely right. Um, When you think about all the um, damage done during the protests and all the money that it's costing all everybody in, in every way, everyone's already stretched through and because of the quarantine. And then you have this, um, which is, you know, obviously it's a, it's a whole costly thing. 
Um, so that's interesting to see how that really hasn't been reflected at all in the markets, at least until today. Now, who knows if today, what do you, what do you think that today's drop was in cause? Uh, what do you think caused today's drop? Today's drop, I think um, there was a hard check among investors. Like they saw it was too good to be true. And once that, I, I saw the declarations from Donald Trump about the jobless numbers, like you and me, we can sense immediately that our bullshit detectors off, but anyone from the older generation, they get their news from cable television, which is just a commercial for the machine. So honestly, I've been hanging out with my in-laws parents with my in-laws and like, they only get their news from watching TV and like there there's earnestly like a two, three day delay between me finding out the news on Twitter and them finding out on television. Yeah, isn't that wild? I'm having to show my mom things and having to like hear my mom be shocked about things that happened days ago. And I'm like, that is, we're not even talking about that right now. Yeah, and it's, it's so like, crazy to see that happen in real time. Yeah, and like if any, this cable news is used to inflame opinions, to make partisan politics such a divisive issue that nothing will ever get done with this talking point culture. Meanwhile, you know, I see stuff like a Norwegian science lab reports that coronavirus is created in a lab. Haven't seen that reported on anywhere in the mainstream media, even though it suggests a Cold War 2.0 between the United States and China. Right. Um, but then, I mean, it's like everything, especially now. There's so much news. There's so many people posting so much content it's hard to just, it's getting harder and harder every day to determine what is real and what is not and how much of something is real and how much of something is embellished or, or tweaked in which way. It's so, it's just so crazy to me. I mean, did you see, I don't know if this is actually in the outline, but we're going to talk about this a little bit later in the podcast, but did you see all that stuff floating around about Home Depot? Yeah, I saw Home Depot. They've contributed a lot of money to the Trump campaign and they are actually one of the worst companies in terms of the Black, Black Lives Matter movement, but they kind of get away with it because they formerly had a Black CEO. That's what I know about Home Depot. Well, so that's funny you said that because that was the point I was going to bring up. I saw so much stuff to, uh, this week about how you know Home Depot donated all this money to Trump. And I, obviously, I have no doubt in my mind that, um, that Home Depot is a bad company to work for. I'm sure they don't treat people well at all. Uh, I've not heard a lot of good things, but one thing I did see when I did some research was that the guy that home that donated all that money in the name of Home Depot or whatever, he retired in 2006, maybe, or 2012. And uh, obviously Home Depot is going to say what they need to say to save face, but they came out on Twitter and said that they did not, you know, donate any money and they stand with, um, I don't think they use Black Lives Matter exclusively, but they, they stand against discrimination and they don't donate money to pol political, um, political you know, things. So it's interesting to me that that went viral on Twitter and then I kind of did some research and it seems like it's not true. Who knows? But I just thought that was interesting because, you know. Yeah, People Home so Depot quick. is the orange vest. They are invested in a Donald Trump presidency because in just the algorithm of human thought, everyone's saying Donald Trump is orange. That'll just make the mind go to Home Depot. What else is equated with orange? It's Trump, it's Home Depot. There's synergy there. 
look beyond. There is they they have a tertiary benefit from Donald Trump being called a Cheeto ass on Twitter twenty four. I would just my Cheeto ass boss at my Cheeto ass job. I mean, honestly though, it you know go to Lowe's I guess because Lowe's there's I've never heard anyone say anything bad about Lowe's ever. So um, I prefer I prefer Menards. I like a Menards. You know, I'll go to a Menards maybe. Yeah, I don't Menards know is just a garden store, is it not? It might be actually. I don't know. I haven't been into a Menards in a long time, but uh, I saved big money there a few times, and um, uh, they could be super racist. Actually, I don't actually know, but I would go Lowe's, I suppose, um, and not just because that rhymed. Yeah, Matt but, looks like he thinks the hardware store is where you purchase computer parts. Hey, yeah, it's funny because I look like I'm a smart nerd, but I'm just a dumb idiot. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's fun, and I look like I'm a dumb idiot, but I'm actually a smart nerd. So that's the dichotomy for this podcast. Absolutely, Ooh, that's what's great about our friendship is you're like my burly protector. Um, and I'm the one that just gets us into like situations with my lip and uh, my lack of knowledge. Yeah. Meanwhile, I just, I've been studying algebra six hours a day because I'm just fucking bored. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know. I feel you. I went on a uh, bike ride today. It was pretty nice, but I've never ridden a bike where you have to clip in, like you clip your shoes in and I clipped in and it it was very scary at first. The first couple of miles I was riding, I was like a little nervous about it, but it was good. Yeah, I've always wanted to be clipped in, but I've never seen bike shoes that go up to a size 15. So if any of our listeners have size 15 bicycle shoes or know where to get those, get at me. But before we get into this week's episode, we have a fun little segment. Tilly, come here. Come back, Tilly. We we do. Sorry, my dog's a very bad girl. Um, This is Robin Hood's greatest moment. So a lot of investors, they cashed out right around March, April. Meanwhile, Robinhood saw 3 million new accounts between January and March. And a lot of people kind of use that stimulus check to invest. There's news stories on pretty much every outlet about how people made money through Robinhood tradings. And when billionaire investors didn't get in on this like surge, it, it was individual users. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I don't know how close you've been following. Of course, we love the Wall Street Bet subreddit. And there's been a lot of people posting in there about how like Warren Buffett and all these big name investors, uh, they really bitched out. And uh, those are uh, Wall Street Wall Street Bros, uh, language, or Wall Street Bet's uh, language, of course, but they bitched out and like all these individual, you know, people on Robin Hood and people just... Um, doing their own thing or whatever, not listening to that, made a bunch of money these last couple of days because they didn't, uh, didn't pull out. Yeah, you love to see it. And, you know, it is funny. Like, the articles from just yesterday are so optimistic. Signs are pointing to a V-shaped economic recovery, something that was rejected by economists and investors who found it unrealistic. Meanwhile, our V-shaped recovery is now in severe question, um, and this article goes on to report the job job market claims like they are fact when we know they weren't. So, hey, even if you are an individu- individual investor, congratulations. You probably had, had made some good profits. There was a ding today, but you bet on yourself. You did the thing that will improve your station in this life during a hard chapter by investing and you had you you were rewarded for it so congratulations 
Absolutely. It's, it's been, it's been great. I think uh, I agree with everything you said. It's, it's amazing. Um, it also is interesting to me that all these accounts have been open recently. I mean, I'd like to think that we were kind of, obviously this has been going on for a long time, but you and I were kind of on, we've been doing this for a while, not just the podcast, um, but we've been investing for a little bit now and it's, it's interesting to see people around us and it's interesting to see it really grow into a thing that, you know, a couple of years ago, n- not nearly as many people were, were doing it. Not many people were taking finances into their own hands in this way. Um, it's kind of evolved into people are treating it very much like uh, <laughs> fantasy, you know, fantasy sports and betting on sports and things like that. It's been interesting to watch that whole thing happen. And it is like sports because you can look at your phone and on a such a bloodshed day like to this, like when we started this podcast, we were the $1,517 podcast. We're 10 minutes in. We're the $1,503 podcast. Oh, man. We're bleeding. We're bleeding out of every second. It's okay, though. We are, we are still ultimately in good shape. We're up over the past few weeks. And you know what? Our, let's, before we get into our subject for today, which is just kind of a roundup of different companies' support of, or lack thereof of Black Lives Matter, let's have a little debate between our two favorite companies, Twitter versus Tesla. Who had the better week? Um, I mean, honestly, you know, I'm going to go, obviously, I'm going to go pro Tesla on this one. Um, I don't, it's crazy because they hit yesterday. I didn't even think about it. I waited a couple, uh, I waited a little bit during the day. Um, I don't remember, maybe it was like 11 o'clock or something. Tesla hit their all-time high uh, yesterday, and it's, it's interesting to see. I don't actually know what Twitter was at. Did they have a good day yesterday, or have they just been trending upward? Yeah, they had a good day yesterday. They were at, at around $36 a share yesterday. Today, they're down to like 32 35 I believe. And, you know, Tesla is a company that's optimized to be a wonderful stock. They have lean product, uh, something everyone would want to buy. They're very forward thinking. Whereas Twitter, they're kind of run to serve the public good. So this week, first of all, Jack Dorsey, the CEO, he declares Juneteenth will be a company-wide holiday in perpetuity. You talk about companies like wanting to support the movement, there it is right there. That If you're friends with a black person, you know what Juneteenth means to them. And to see a lo- one of our largest, most influential tech companies get behind it is awesome. Furthermore, we're talking about Twitter just kind of like eschewing profit to become like a better utility. They have a feature now that's going to question you if you're sharing an article you didn't read. Oh, wow. I did not know about that. Yeah. So Twitter can tell if you clicked on a link, like a 2016 study at Columbia in conjunction with Microsoft said that 59% of the links posted on Twitter are never clicked even by their owners, the person who published them. And, you know... Consequently, another study says 70% of Facebook users only read the headline of science stories before commenting, and they kind of like doubled down on that. They got an article with a gaudy headline, and it got shared 130,000 times, and it was just the lorem ipsum filler text. So Twitter making strides to make um, a historically kind of disregarded people's history be celebrated in the modern era. They're trying to make people be more educated and responsible. So I, I, I'm going to say Twitter had the better week. 
I'm going to give it to you for that for sure. I think so. Also, I mean, I think, you know, Tesla stock was up. There was a lot of good news with Tesla. Elon Musk came out and I mean, he did say it's nice to have somebody with such a big audience say it, but it is, has, it has been something that I've been hearing, uh, hearing echoed a lot lately. He came out with a couple tweets that we're talking about, obviously how uh, hypocritical it is that there's people now making billions of dollars on marijuana and medical marijuana and just, you know, the whole pot, trade now. Uh, and there's still thousands and thousands and thousands of people that are in jail, um, mainly people of color in jail for, you know, drug related offensive, nonviolent drug, drug related offenses involving marijuana. So he did come out and say that. And like I said, that's been echoed for a long time, but it is nice to have someone with such a big audience come out and say it. But I, I, I agree with you hundred percent Tesla or, or Twitter definitely had the better Better week. They're planning things that are nice. They've they've Juneteenth. I think is obviously very important. Uh, it's it's good to see. So you were right about Twitter. We talked about all that a little bit yesterday. But Twitter was. You're right. Twitter stock. I think is going to be something that's going to be worth a lot more here in a couple of weeks. And once we get into the election, I think it's going to be huge. Absolutely. And watch that price point. Like if I see Twitter go below. $30 a share. I'm going bullishly in. Let's get this grad school paid for. Let's bet, baby. Yeah, let's uh, let's let Dorsey play, pay for your, uh, your schooling. Okay, so we all know that there are new dialogues springing up, dialogues we should have had every day as a people that, you know, maybe certain families have been having for a long time, but this activism has kind of taken over our entire country in a wave and corporations have followed suit. So we're going to run through how corporations have gotten behind the Black Lives Matter movement. We have good examples, we have bad examples, and we have goofy examples. And, you know, if you don't believe with the politics of the Black Lives Matter movement, you know, we can have a discussion. I'm pretty sure I can convince you. But, you know, you can just flip this, take the inverse away, and then it can be a podcast for racists. <laughs> I, um, no, go ahead. So when we talk about examples of corporate, like, activism, probably the foremost example would be Ben & Jerry's a company that, you know, is based in Burlington, Vermont, which is probably the most liberal city in America. I've been to Burlington. It is an awesome place. So Ben and Jerry's in the past week, they have issued the best statement about civil rights of any corporation. They've released the hottest shoe of the entire summer. The Ben and Jerry's Nike Dunk, I believe. The Chunky Dunky, which I missed out on. Very upset about. Everyone missed out. That just went to celebs. And like, they also got arrested at the protest. They're not only putting their money where their mouth is, they're putting their mouth in front of pepper spray from cops. So shouts to Ben and Jerry. Do you think they're going to make a pepper spray flavored ice cream? They absolutely should make a pepper spray flavored ice cream. And you know what? Why not put a little bacon bits in there? Have a little pepper spray. Have the... Uh... Trunks of rubber bullet. <laughs> yeah, well, what would this ice cream be called? The Piggly Wiggly? Yes, exactly. Uh, yes. Uh, something about hog wild or I don't know. They can get out free to all the police because, you know, they deserve to eat some shit. 
and they're they're pretty renowned as a small business. They won the Small Business of the Year Award from Ronald Reagan in 1987. And I was kind of reading into like their origin yesterday. And one of them is actually born with a disability that gives him a lesser feeling in his taste buds. So Ben and Jerry's ice cream was formulated to feel better in your mouth. Wow, I didn't know that. That's amazing. Yeah, so they made a lot of great business moves, and they've never not used their platform to at least share their political agenda. So I think it's great. They've been doing that for years, it seems like. I feel like anytime I hear about Ben and Jerry's in the news, it's always for something very, very positive. And I'm sure, I, I don't know this, maybe you saw this, but I bet they've given away so much money to different charities and things throughout the years. I mean, they've only grown, so they've only got to give away more i would imagine yeah they they, they're pretty good corporate donors they do have a relationship with bernie sanders and you know if there's a bad thing to say about ben and jerry it's that they're probably at too many fish concerts (laughs) (laughs) the only only scandal they could ever get into is if they accidentally put lysergic acid in their fish food (laughs) hey fish food that's a great uh that's one of the best flavors no, it, all the best flavors, their dairy-free ice creams are actually where it's at. Cinnamon bun, almond milk ice cream, it is heaven. The Netflix and chill, it's uh, fudge and pretzel in a peanut butter ice cream to die for. That does sound good. I like, I'm, I'll give it this, I like the sorbets. They got like a raspberry, raspberry sorbet. I like that a lot. All right, I am going to stop myself from going on a 10-minute Prince tangent because I, uh, I want to show emotional growth in this podcast. Oh, I mean, do you think every time I order, I don't go, I'll have the raspberry sorbet? I mean, I have to do it every time. You have to. The first 30 seconds of the Raspberry Beret music video are the greatest cultural achievement in American history. <laughs> stop the podcast, go to YouTube and watch that and come back. Like, honestly, if I were to ever get a PhD and get a d- dissertation on a piece of American media, I could write an entire thesis on the first 30 seconds of the Raspberry Beret music video. And of course, these perspectives were gleaned from the same things that Ben and Jerry got their perspective from. So, you know, they are true. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Okay. Oh, let's stop this tangent. So let's go into some other companies that have had pretty good measures in the past week. Let's start with NASCAR. I wondered if you were going to bring them up next. I had a feeling. Um, Yeah, NASCAR is one of the things that has shaken me the most um, because I grew up in Indiana, in Indianapolis, uh, a big racing city. Uh, I remember, you know, uh, being younger and Jeff Gordon and Dale Earnhardt and all that, that was very important being from Indiana. Um, and I always associated Indiana with the Confederate flag and with racism. So the, all this stuff that's been going on lately has been, I lo- I've loved to see it. I'm not a racing fan, but this uh, is nice to see this finally happen. It should have been done a long time ago, but it's, it's nice. Yeah. So what, what NASCAR did is they have one African-American driver, Bubba Wallace. Bubba Watson. Hell yeah. Bubba. Bubba Watson's a golfer. Bubba Wallace is the driver. Oh, shit. Bubba Wallace has been all over the news. He spoke out, and within two hours, NASCAR announced that they were banning the Confederate flag from all NASCAR tracks. 
And of course, this was met with a lot of anguish from a lot of NASCAR fans, but they held forth. They were steadfast. And I've loved to see all the people saying, I'm going to continue flying my flag at NASCAR events. And these people, they're in Michigan, they're in Connecticut, they're in states that were part of the union the entire time. So congrats on flying the flag. Uh, that's how I feel about Indiana. Indiana was it was on Union. They were on the Union side during the Civil War. I mean, there's no reason for anybody. We're far enough north to not have to deal with that, you'd think. But no, Indiana is crazy. I remember being in high school and there was, being growing up in, in Indiana where I did, there was a big truck with a huge Confederate flag in the back just driving around town. So insane. Uh, I will be interested to see... How? Because how are they going to stop people from having their flags there? Are they going to confiscate them, do you think? I think if you're flying it, you won't be allowed entry. Uh, well, it's going to be hard for them to uh, let... I mean, they're going to have to have people cover up their tattoos, I would imagine. <laughs> that is the case. Get the large Band-Aids ready, NASCAR. Look, you can, they're going to give you two options. We either got these big Band-Aids for you, or we'll grade it off your arm for you. You can choose. And, you know, this wouldn't be a problem. We Confederate, like, statues are being taken down all over the country. It is the right move. But, you know, the only reason this movement even has merit is that the Confederate flag has a pretty good graphic design to it. The color scheme on it is not bad. I mean, red, white, and blue. Yeah, with an X. That's a cool flag. But take it down you know, we yeah. just need to reintroduce better examples of graphic design to young Southern lives. And this won't be, you know, nearly as just distributed. So we need to start like, put up an M- MC Escher print at a NASCAR event. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Put up a flag that has like the Batman symbol on it. You know what I mean? Come on, like give us give something. You can have a flag, bring an American flag. If you love America so much, bring an American flag, wave it. Uh, but I honestly am so sick of seeing Confederate flags just anywhere. Just so sick of it anywhere. I can't, I can't handle it. So it's nice to see that changing. And then Bubba Wallace also, uh, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, also, but he's going to have that. You saw his car that he either raced in or is going to race in. I, I, can't, I don't know if it's already happened or not. He's going to race in, I believe, Sunday. A Black, the Black Lives Matter car. I mean, it's amazing. I I might watch just... To, I want to support him. You know, I don't give a fuck about NASCAR, but I would love to support him. Yeah, and you know what? That's one thing we can do. Like, Bubba Wallace, he's flying the net, the Black Lives Matter colors on this race because he lost his sponsor for speaking out. Blue Emu, which I think is a, like, topical pain reliever. They're heavily involved in NASCAR. They yanked the sponsorship. So the paint sponsorship went to a cause Mr. Wallace supports. And for NASCAR drivers, a lot of your sponsorships are determined by the amount of social media follows you have. So go on and give Bubba a follow. It will help his cause. It will make him worth more. So that's what we can do to support someone who's speaking out just from our phone or laptop. Yeah, that's great. See, yeah, I wasn't really even sure how I'd be able to. but because And it's like I can't even imagine what he's going to have to deal with at the track people are definitely going to go there just to be assholes i mean it's it's going to be it's going to be an event and it's going to be good to see him do that and hopefully he you know 
how great would it be if he finishes in the top three or if he finishes first or so? I mean, that would just be incredible. So hopefully uh, I, I would, I'm ha- very happy to be supporting him. And it's like I said, NASCAR should have done this a long time ago, but it's better late than never, I suppose. Yeah. And if we're talking about sports leagues that have historically emboldened racism, the NFL also walked back previous statements. Like we all know Colin Kaepernick had his, protests where he took a knee to protest brutality kind of twisted and subverted by the NFL authorities to be taken as an anti-troop and anti-American sentiment. Uh-huh. And from that, they really just kind of drove their far right supporters absolutely crazy. And this peaceful gesture from Kaepernick was taken as inactive disrespect. So you know, there's talk of like, why is there rioting? Why is there looting? Well, you know what? The community that has been the target of a lot of like racist policing has peacefully protested for years and their arguments were used against them. So for the NFL to reverse course, it's better late than never. And we know we're going to see a lot of kneeling if and when the season starts. And I hope they will stick through it. Um, yeah, it was amazing to see. I mean, Roger Dell, just such a slime ball. The, no, no, watching him do the apology it was just, I mean, it was nice to have it done, but it was so disgusting. It felt like a robot, or it felt like I was watching them, you know, somebody had a gun on him off camera and they were making him read a statement. It was very gross to me, but, you know, it's good. Um, the videos of the players, uh, I don't know if you saw that. I'm assuming you saw that, though. The players, they made videos that were cut together, very, very uh, uplifting. I think that obviously affected things. I would have been obviously nice to hear him, you know, Colin Kaepernick sacrificed his football career, it seems like, or not sacrificed, but was, you know, because of all this. So, yeah, and if we're going to give Bubba Wallace credit for being the hero of NASCAR, I do think um, the credit for a lot of the NFL's changes should go to New Orleans Saints receiver Michael Thomas. So, Kind of, last week, Drew Brees kind of trashed Kaepernick again. And meanwhile, mm-hmm. Michael Thomas, he organized a lot of the most influential black players in the league to make a video. And, you know, getting Pat Mahomes was pretty key to that. Getting Deshaun Watson was pretty key to that. So he released the video. Roger right. Goodell reversed course that day. Meanwhile, in the aftermath of that, um, Michael Thomas very quietly purchased $2.3 million of medical debt for poor Louisiana residents and forgave it completely. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. That's amazing. I knew he had been very active and I knew he was doing a lot of good. I mean, he did all of that. And then in between it, he even kind of came out and defended Drew Brees a little bit. I thought that's amazing. You know, you see this, all this stuff going on and people are so quick to just tear people apart for him to come out and kind of defend Drew Brees a little bit as much as he can. And I just thought that was such a, uh, I don't know, it was just shows the character of a person, you know, somebody, you see somebody getting torn apart on social media and he comes out and tries his best. I thought that was to do that in between everything else he was working on. Uh, yeah. really caught me on. Um, and like, yeah. there was a lot of piling on of Drew Brees last week. I was pretty big in that. I had a tweet do very well that made fun of Drew Brees. And, you know, yeah, it was a good tweet. I don't know what the line for viral is. I think viral is 500 retweets. I didn't, I don't know. I got 300 retweets. I was number one on Saints Reddit. So it's kind of, eh, I'm a little fluey, but I don't know if I got, I'm viral. But in the <laughs> aftermath, I was just like, hey, 
If you like this tweet, go read over what Michael Thomas is point point is posting over on his Twitter feed. It's been a hub of interesting facts and figures for the past week. So shouts to him. And this isn't particularly related to Black Lives Matter, but you know what? We vote with our dollars. We vote with our attention spans. What the MLB has done to their low rungs on their workforce during the coronavirus pandemic has been absolutely awful. So baseball, they were positioned to be just crush this. There's no touching in baseball. There's no direct contact. They could host these games, no problem. But their union's fighting, and a large part of that is their treatment of minor leaguers. So a lot of minor league players haven't been paid at all since the shutdown started. They're being paid by other players. They're being played, paid by GoFundMes. And so the MLB had their draft yesterday, and their draft is normally 100 to like around 60 round drafts, and it was limited to five. And what they did was, if you're not drafted after five rounds, you can sign with any team, but the maximum anyone can get is $20,000, which is below what you would sign for even being drafted in the later rounds. So what they did is they put a pretty severe cap on the earnings of 83% of employees entering their workforce. Wow, I didn't see. I had known there was a lot of stuff going on, but I didn't know that's where it was. I got a notification on my phone about the draft start. Starting and it really threw me off because I feel like I'm, you know, I like to follow sports and things like that. And I've definitely watched a bit of the, the MLB draft, but it crossed my mind yesterday, not even for a second. Cause I knew things, like I said, were bad. Um, I was talking to somebody the other day about during the, what was it during the hold? there was a holdout that people was in the eighties when there was a huge strike or something 94. like that. 94. Yeah. That there was a huge strike and that people I've talked to, people that have said that that are really into baseball that are like it it almost ruined baseball for a lot of people and i feel like this is a step in that direction this is going to ruin this has potential to ruin baseball for a lot of people in a time where they could have really thrived like you said during all the all the quarantine stuff these games could have been something that people could watch and take part in yeah and like the nba is going to be successful because they have a cohesive union the nfl although their players I don't think care about being in a union. They've got some pretty good union representatives. Troy Vincent, Aaron Rodgers consistently do a great job. But the MLB, they couldn't get their union together. And now it's the middle of June and it looks like their season is still in question when every other sport is on their way, of, way to come back. So right. they, they deserve it. And you see the way they're treating everyone. So they deserve They have it coming. So... Let's talk about some other good companies. We have Netflix saying to be silent is to be complicit. Google's adding to its main search search page. We stand in support of racial equality. And Microsoft, Citibank, they're following suit. And even Target, who is like pretty vandalized by the Minnesota protests. They're based in Minneapolis. And they actually came out and they supported the protesters, which is the best argument you can give to a boomer. 
That's actually true because there were so many posts and so many people being like, I understand, but I understand, but I understand, but it's like if when Target themselves is coming out and saying, you know, things, sometimes things have to happen for change to occur. Uh, that is that should immediately shut down anybody that's defending target or de- defending target. You can't defend target harder than they defend themselves, sort of thing. At least that's how I see it, obviously. Yeah, and like Target even came out and said, like, "Hey, we have insurance. We'll be fine." Right. Targets these auto zones that are burning. They're fully insured. They'll be fully paid for by just giving up their premium. So don't worry about them. And we have seen some kind of fun arguments to, to come out in the BLM supports. So British tea companies are crushing it right now. So uh, a customer in Britain, they went out. Go ahead, Matt. No, no, no. Go ahead. I, I, didn't, I wasn't saying anything. Oh, I just heard some, some noise. Oh, it's probably the dog snoring behind me. Honestly. Oh, we got a snoring dog. So a Twitter user, this is Laura T, thanked Yorkshire T for not supporting Black Lives Matter. Yorkshire T says they do and don't buy her tea again. Laura's support (laughs) goes to PG Tips. PG Tips then says we support the Black Lives Matter movement. And Pam, you can't buy our tea either. And then a company called Tea Pigs jumps in. They declare that they also support Black Lives Matter and T-Pig starts the hashtag Solidarity. I mean, it's, you know, that's, that's the most, one of the most British things I've uh, heard in a long time. You know, where am I supposed to, where are they going to drink their tea? Racists need tea also. And there needs to be a mark. There's a market open for a racist tea company um, not for me, but you know, this one British person or a couple British people. Yeah. And like, there is absolutely an opportunity for this company to just have an ad campaign that says drink the tea with some woke imagery and it'll absolutely crush across social media. So PG tips, tea pigs, that is a free idea for you from sweet baby Joel Walkowski. I think it's a great idea. I think, uh, you know, the tea has been a huge, uh, thing for America. The, the English relationship with tea in America is huge. Uh, and obviously our history, I think tea is a, it's a big part of, uh, Britain, obviously. And it's a big part of their history and, uh, fuck you. If you don't, if you want to drink your racist ass tea, fuck you. Yeah. I don't drink any tea, but I especially won't drink any racist tea. And, like, we did have Amazon come out in support of the movement as well. But there's a lot of questions related to Amazon. Mainly, they put out Ring, which partners with 1,350 law enforcement agencies to give access to their data. And they also have recognition, a facial recognition software that they they give to police departments, but now they've stopped that practice for one year only. So yeah, the year thing off, what is the, we're going to stop for a year. I mean, what is that? Like, that's very strange to me. That's like, if the police, I'm not, I guess I can't equate these two things, but, but it feels, 
you know, what if the police came out and they're like, all right, all right, we're going to stop hitting you guys, but we're going to give you a year. We'll take a year off. And then we're going to continue. It seems like a weird thing to take a year off of doing. Yeah. And these companies like Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, they're espousing support, but really the surveillance state has led to like a kind of 24 seven system of policing in this country. Like we see protesters getting recognized by facial recognition software and then later arrested. And these same companies broke down the, broke down the doors to make that happen. So I think it's hypocritical for these companies to espouse support, especially Amazon, who has a lot of better minority workforce numbers than their competitors. But a lot of those are their low pay, low paying jobs at like Whole Foods or in their warehouses, which my sister works at. And she can confirm it is a hellish existence. Yeah, it's so interesting to when any anytime Amazon tries to do anything good it still is so strange to me because there's just so much negativity they bring out and so much negativity they they uh put into the world that even when they're trying to do something nice it's hard for me to to uh be excited about it especially because when they're doing something nice it's something weird like taking a year off from giving them facial recognition it's just so strange yeah, Amazon, you're the most powerful entity on earth. Words are not enough of a gesture from you. Right. It's along the lines of when people, you know, like when people are giving away, what was it? I saw something today where Supreme uh, has partnered, allegedly partnered with someone and they made a huge bump, just billions of dollars. And they gave away like 500 million and 500,000 or something small where it's like, such a insignificant number where even if you're if, even if the minimum you're gonna do is give away money give away money you know don't give away one two or two percent of your wealth or some small bullshit or point one percent of your wealth or some bullshit like that so we've been over companies that have had great responses to black lives matter we've been over some companies that have goofy or problematic reactions to the blm movement now, here's who's dropped the ball. And it's amazing. They're, I'm not surprised they're dropping the ball because they're not real athletes anyway. I'm talking about CrossFit, who in the past week might as well have been called Burning CrossFit. Yeah, I mean, you, put it, you saying they dropped the ball, I'm just putting it lightly. They have dropped the ball, thrown the ball, kicked the ball in every direction you're not supposed to. Um, the number of 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 partnerships that have been ended because of the last couple of days, uh, Reebok, which I think they had a really good response. I don't know if you saw that, but they posted on their website where they said, we would not be here if it weren't for um, people of color. Um, and they have completely cut ties with CrossFit. CrossFit, I believe, was CrossFit and Reebok. They had a very big partnership and Reebok completely pulled away from them. Uh, so that is just one of many business relationships ruined because of this. So CrossFit started by this guy, Greg Glassman, and in the firestorm of passion that was last week, every company was kind of asked for their take. And Mr. Glassman responded for people asking for support by saying, racism is a public health issue. It's Floyd 19. And people did not like that. And so to rally the troops, to galvanize his 14,000 affiliates. He had a Zoom call with all of them in which he said, we're not mourning for George Floyd. 
I don't think me or any of my staff are. And that is there a reason to mourn for him other than it's the white thing to do? So people did not like that. Yeah, needless to say, that did not go over well for him at all. So he was ousted from his position. Reebok ended their partnership. And you know what? Other companies, Nike can obviously support this. They're, they were at the forefront of these issues by being Kaepernick's backer these past few years. But even Adidas has retweeted any Kaepernick-related advertisement Nike's put out over the past couple of weeks, which I think is great. That is great. That's amazing to see. I mean, there's such a, obviously, uh, competitive, you know, Nike and Adidas, very competitive for a very long time. So for them to, to promote him in that way just shows you how far-reaching Kaepernick is and how important Kaepernick is to this, this whole movement. And then basically every fast food company, we've got Yum Food, we've, which is KFC, Taco Bell, and one other thing. Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut, correct. And we have also have Wendy's. They're funneling tons of money to the Donald Trump re-election campaign. So maybe eat a little healthier if you have a healthier Yeah, stomach. Absolutely. Yeah, these guys don't want a healthy nation. Yeah, well, again, it goes back to spend healthy- your dollar where you. Yeah, they want to be. They want you to be fat and racist, and um, they don't want. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Again, goes to voting with your with your dollar. Uh, it sucks. I hate to see Wendy's on the list. I love Wendy's. The spicy nuggets, them shits are good, but I can't do it. I won't support it. And uh, I'm not, I'm not going to have it. I'm not going to Home Depot because of it. I'm not going to Wendy's because of it. Um, that was interesting to see. Yum Brands really came out. It, it is crazy to see uh, the degree in which these companies have really screwed up on these things. Obviously, you have CrossFit as, a, as the worst example. Could not have gone any worse for them unless they had pulled a Papa John and used the N-word on the conference call. Well, I do believe there are worse examples because the CrossFit thing though problematic it's just words and some of these companies have some meaningful actions that are severely damaging these communities i'm gonna go right to walmart so oh that's a great point so walmart a lot of their profits go towards the american legislative exchange council which is a business that creates conservative bills and hands them over to legislatures to enact. And these laws line their partners' pockets and they really oppress people of color. So laws that the American Legislative Exchange Council, or I'll call it ALEC here, so they've been behind the Stand Your Ground law, which is what allowed George Zimmerman to walk for the murder of Trayvon Martin in 2014. They've created the three strikes and you're out law, which is designed to keep people in prison longer, primarily POCs. And after that was sentenced, basically, if you commit three crimes and are convicted, you have life in prison without parole. Holy shit. I did not realize. I did not know about that. No, this is the worst thing we've probably uncovered in the history of the podcast. Not that we uncovered it, but just to put it out there. So that three strikes and you're out law, surge the profits of privatized prisons. 
And they're also behind the truth in sentencing law, which requires prisoners to serve a minimum of 85% of their sentence. And Walmart has, I mean, Walmart is like Amazon in that they just have millions and billions and billions to just give away. And they have no problem giving it away to these terrible, terrible causes. Yeah, but a lot of these racist enclaves, those people do their shopping at Walmart. And you know what, this is kind of a good strategy from a corporate perspective, because on the, by them pushing the stand your ground law, they were actually able to kind of ride that to become the largest gun retailer in the world. I saw that they, somebody posted a thing that said that they, they removed, um, a lot of stores have removed mostly because of the, the protesting, um, which I thought that was interesting that during the protests, they remove, they're removing guns and hiding guns. But during, you know, obviously there's like kinds of shootings taking place and they're like, no, 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 we keep the guns out. I think that's interesting. Got to keep the guns out. And, um, I will just drag one more company here. I know we're probably getting close to wrapping up L'Oreal. They've been really woke this week. All their messages across their, Instagram, across their Twitter, all social feeds have been supporting BLM and preaching solidarity. But they've previously fired Monroe Bergdorf, a black transgender model, for speaking out against white supremacy. So at this point, I want to suggest Glossier. Maybe they'll be a better fit. Maybe they won't try and silence their models. So L'Oreal, people have a longer memory than you think. I hope that's true because we talked about this before. Um, the news cycle moves very quickly. Outrage culture moves very quickly. You know, there's all this stuff about Starbucks, a few, they had that sensitivity training. Um, hopefully people are, are going to have longer memories with this stuff because this stuff is uh, obviously very important and it can't just be, you can't just forget a week, you know, a couple weeks from now, you can't just forget and go start going back to Walmart. I don't imagine a lot of our listeners go to Walmart. I feel like a lot of our listeners play shop at maybe either store. That's there's no middle on our listeners. We either have very wealthy listeners or very poor listeners. That's where I'm at. That's why. Yeah, if our listeners go to Walmart, just understand that they have pretty lax shoplifting laws. So you're allowed to steal something up to twenty five dollars in worth without being prosecuted. So keep that in mind before you visit Walmart absolutely that is a tip for the podcast we i love that that's that's a great tip so before we get out of here do you have any stock picks this week well i do um actually i have been i sent you an article um about sports betting and about how you know sports betting and we talked a little bit about this but it ties very much into the stock market so i was looking for um some risky bets to make on stocks and one of them is actually one that you had recommended for the podcast a long time ago. And it's interesting. So um, IBIO is a, um, it's a medical company that's obviously most medical companies out there currently focusing on a play with COVID uh, looking for a, um, a, not, I can't think of uh, a, what's the word? A vaccine. I can't want to say virus um, looking for a vaccine. 
They're a very low stock. Uh, I believe it's $1.75 or something. Small company, but they are um, supposedly getting ready to enter into trials with um, with these vaccines and things like that. So I think IBIO is something to look into. They've uh, increased their value um, uh, quite a bit in, in, in recent, uh, recent weeks and Moderna. Uh, have you ever talked about Moderna on the podcast before? We have talked about Moderna. Yeah. Moderna is another company working on a, uh, coronavirus, uh, vaccine and they seem to be the front runner. They, Moderna, they're a bit more expensive. I believe their stock is at $36 when I checked last. Um, but they seem to be the front runners as far as progress being made on, on the vaccine. So, um, IBIO is cheaper, uh, more of a gamble, and Moderna, I think, is maybe better odds on that one. But like I said, it's a bit more expensive. So those are two of the picks that I was looking at. I think uh, I'm going to definitely buy some more IBIO for myself. Uh, I do have a little bit more invested than I would, I would like to, but the more I hear about it, the more I read about it, the more it seems like it might be worth looking into if you're willing to take that risk. Yeah, and I, I think doing long shot vaccine bets can be tough. Moderna is $60 a share right now. Just to clarify, I bought a stock, HTBX, Heat Biologics. They've partnered with the University of Wisconsin to produce a vaccine. And now they've hit their 52-week low. So props to me. I do have a stock I love. And you're not going to be surprised that I love it, folks. I'm talking DraftKings, baby. They are a rapidly expanding company. Sports betting is becoming big business. If you want to get in on this and you don't like DraftKings, there's an index fund bet comprised of every gambling security being traded today. But I like DraftKings because Disney owns 7% of it. Disney is rumored to be looking to acquire more of it. And DraftKings... They're going to go down in value. They've, they're going down in value right now because they owe a little bit of debt. But at the end of, the, of July, the NBA returns. And the majority of these playoffs will be broadcast on Disney outlets, ESPN, ABC, not, not TNT, that's Turner. But given the finals, that's over 50%. And they are going to drive business to DraftKings. So I, I, I didn't even know that DraftKings was a public trade company. This is incredible. I didn't know about this until you mentioned it to me a couple of days ago. Yeah, so we have sports betting becoming more and more of a part of the establishment. And yeah. with the NBA coming back, all the eyes in the world are going to be on the NBA. And I think a lot of casual fans are going to start playing the gambling game on DraftKings via incentives that they'll see on their broadcast in front of them. It's going to be so easy to bet on the NBA playoffs. DraftKings is going to make a killing and they're going to roll right through football season. This time next year, I anticipate DraftKings to be doubled in value if they keep up on the trajectory. I, I love that. That's such a good pick. I agree. Um, I signed up for DraftKings a couple days ago because there's a UFC fight and I'm so starved for sports that I saw promo exactly what you said. I saw a promo on TV for DraftKings, this good incentive where they'll match your bet. Um, and I signed up immediately and, and had a great time um, betting on those UFC fights. I'm going to bet on the UFC fights this week, uh, this weekend using using the, uh, the DraftKings app. So uh, I think you're absolutely right. I'm going to buy some DraftKings probably for my 
personal portfolio. So let's get out of here, Matt. You have anything to plug? I have nothing to plug. Um, I, uh, yeah, I have nothing. Follow me on Instagram. Um, yeah, I have nothing. I wish I had something, something better, but I got nothing for you. Um, hopefully I'll be back in New York soon. Yes. Hopefully. Um, yeah, uh, I am kind of or something, some comedy. So I don't have anything to plug right now. I'm kind of like limiting my output so I can prep for the GRE. Meanwhile, go throw Bubba Wallace a follow on Twitter. How about that? Yes, support support good companies. You vote with your dollar. Uh, this is a good episode. I enjoyed it. I think we got a lot of good information out. Um, yeah, good to hear from you, Joel. That's it. Follow us on Instagram, hold my bread. Twitter, hold my bread. Email us, hold my bread at gmail.com. Five-star reviews, all that stuff. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.